0: Hello and welcome to the Super 90s Brothers. I am your host Brennan Pointer. Along with me is Adam J Pitzler. How's it going, buddy? John Yukon Is it John It sounds like you're saying John Yukon
1: you know, this is actually the subject of a lot of debate in my en- elementary school. Like, what exactly the dudes in Street Fighter Two were saying. Like, more specifically, what the hell was Sagat saying? We- there was never any consensus on the playground. Was he saying "hyper viper" or "tiger"? I, I was oh. sounded most like "hyper, hyper, hyper." But I don't really. Hyper
0: seems the most like the most sense. Uh, but I really feel like I feel like. Is it kin? Is it kin that does the four? You can. Is it's definitely like. Are you saying for you? Four, you,
1: for you can. Yeah. I mean? I mean, it sounds like it should be sure you can. You know, like a Japanese. Song. I think that's what.
0: I, oh, I think, I think that's what it is. Sure, you can.
1: but to me, it almost sounded like ah, you can like a a u y u k like Ian ah, you can like it never like who are the voice actors on Street Fighter Two? By the way, like let's talk about that. Like, step your game up, guys. It's been like. Twenty-five years and people are still talking shit.
0: No, but I mean, I mean, uh, we'll get into that later. Anyways, so uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Um, this week we're doing Mortal Kombat. No, we're not. Um, we're doing Super Street Fighter Turbo Edition. I'm only
1: doing Street Fighter Two, just so you know. I'm not doing. Uh,
0: I, I think we're it's like a catch-all. Like we're just doing like we're doing the Street Fighter series. We're talking about the games on the. Super Nintendo primarily. Um, and then you know the ar- arcade versions. And there's even like some NES versions. And then of course the infamous movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme um, and Raul Raul Julia. Um, I believe I pronounced his name right. Um, but yeah, that's what we're doing today. So but like before we get started, um how to re- like after last week's show, uh we got some we finally got um some we got some feedback from some, some listeners. Uh why why don't you start it off, Adam?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to give a, a big shout out and a super thank you to some of our awesome fans. And these are people we don't know. They are not Brennan's mom and they are not being paid by my mom. They're actually just random people on the on the internet that found us, uh either through Facebook or iTunes or whatever, that actually listen to our show and get this, Brennan. They actually say they like it. Oh wow. So, yeah. I know. I wasn't expecting that. I was afraid people say, hey, I heard it. You know, what are you doing next? But no, these, <laughs> ironically, uh, they actually like, our fans actually like the show. So, I mean, I think I just lost a bet to you. Um, <laughs> but we we love we love having that. Seriously, it's so cool. Like, it, it seems small, right? Like, but it's really cool for Brennan and I, and it makes us want to do the show more. And we hope you guys tell your friends and give us those five-star reviews on iTunes. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you to Stephen Miller, who found us on Facebook, the lucky recipient of a nice gift card from uh, courtesy of Super Nineties Bros. And uh, Brennan, you had a couple guys that reached out to you via email too. What, what were their names?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, amazingly, they found our email, which I, you know, didn't know if I actually butchered or not when uh, I mentioned it on the show last week. Uh, Timothy Simmons, Big Tim. Uh, he he, were, we decided to give out two, uh, give out winners to two people since we got the the messages pretty close together. Um, and then Tim's friend, Alan, um, he also reached out and said he, he loved our Rugrats podcast and we got even some feedback about, um, you know, future shows. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, we appreciate that. That's uh, really big, I, I was, you know, we'd been getting all these listeners from, you know, from our recent shows and I was like, Oh, this is great. But I, I kind of thought they were just like Russian bots. <laughs> like I really thought, like, I really thought these weren't real people actually listening to the show um so what
1: what feedback did you get from tim and his friend
0: well from uh from timothy um (laughs) i imagine he goes by tim maybe he doesn't i'm not sure he said i just listened to the groundhog day episode good stuff um saw the movie when i was 14 and loved it i had to go back and rewatch it Rewatch it after your episode do you guys have any plans of uh to do any episode do an episode on pulp fiction it's one of my favorite movies of all time Uh, keep up the great work.
1: You know what, Timothy, your wish is our command. We will do Pulp Fiction as our next movie podcast. How's that? That's the the kind of, that's the kind of show we want to be. If you reach out and you listen, we're going to try and accommodate you if we can. And we've both seen that movie. So we'll do that one for him. Won't we, Brennan?
0: Absolutely. Yes.
1: Yeah. And then um, I got some feedback from uh, Stephen Miller saying he'd like to uh, hear an episode about nineties toys, which, you know, isn't a terrible, is not a terrible idea. I'm not sure how big of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle guy you were, Brennan, but I could talk Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys like for an hour. Trust me, I like I still have them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I definitely played with a lot of toys when I was uh, in the 90s. I was that was like my I was yeah. There's a lot of toys that came out in the 90s. A lot of good like a lot of fun toys, and I yeah. I we could definitely fit in an episode where we talk about some toys. I we we've been talking about doing it like putting in segments where we talk about like something nineties relevant, like go like talk about it for like 10 minutes and like do like, you know, pop culture toys, like fads, stuff like that. Um, and so I think that would be, you know, a good, but we could definitely do a whole show about it too. Something we'll have to talk about, but we'll definitely find a way to talk about some of our favorite toys from the nineties in the coming episodes.
1: And we will do, specifically do an episode on Pulp Fiction because I know we can. So yeah, we really appreciate you guys and uh, keep reaching out. Please don't think that if you interacted with us once that you can't again that you'll annoy us. Trust me, our emails not that busy. So you can, <laughs> <laughs> if you have other like requests or comments or compliments, we'd love to hear them. And uh, yeah, so great to interact with you guys. We hope to hear from you again. But um, anything to add to that, Brennan?
0: Um, no, I. I... Yeah, I just appreciate people reaching out to us. Like, I think we, we offered up the, the, the gift cards. Um, and, uh, and I think we'll, keep, I don't think we'll, not this show, but next, maybe next or a couple of shows, we'll, we'll keep on doing giveaways, stuff like that to kind of, you know, get people coming back listening. Uh, I, I would like to do maybe some like 90s theme giveaways, like, um, maybe stuff that's yeah. related to the show we're talking about. Maybe like when we're doing Pulp Fiction, we'll send someone a copy of the DVD. Um, Something like that. So
1: no, we, if we're doing '90s edition, we got to send them a copy of the VHS. Oh, that's
0: right, VHS, <laughs> yeah. Letterbox. Oh, well, you know
1: what? I I have this. Uh, we we can talk about this on the show, but I have the soundtrack too, the CD, the Pulp Fiction. That could be a giveaway.
0: Cassette tapes.
1: Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, let's. Why, why don't you plug our uh, our social media uh, tags and email and stuff again? So if anybody that's listening now and wants to reach out to us, they can.
0: For sure. So if you want to reach us at our email, it is super90sbrothers at gmail.com. And super90sbrothers is all spelt out. Um, and then for like Twitter, it is super90sbros at super90sbros. And then on Facebook, just type in super90sbrothers um, with the abbreviation super90s in the numeral and then brothers with the punctuation <laughs> and you can find really? us there. Is, we have we've have way too many different <laughs> ways to find us, but you'll you'll find us somehow. So
1: Brent, well, it should be noted, Brennan is our social media manager, so it's his cross to bear and if he wants to have six different tags to find one show, that's his thing. You know, I support
0: it. Uh, the, I think the reason why I don't have a shortened version of the the Gmail one is it wasn't available. <laughs> Um, but really, or maybe you can't have number you can have definitely numbers. Maybe I'll just switch our email and then like connect the two so we can have two different emails that would, that would probably make everything a lot easier anyways. But yeah.
1: Well, yeah. But yeah. So reach out to us if you want to talk nineties or if you have feedback on the show, we'd love to hear you. But today's show is about a, like a really big time favorite a a really kind of monumental game that came out when we were, I don't know, I think eight or so i i don't have the release date in front of me but i street fighter 2 ow woo! street fighter 2 was a great game like it sort of and i know there were other like games that was like one-on-one um side scroller with you know with health bars and super moves and finishing moves and you know all that stuff there were other games like that street fighter 2 wasn't the first to do it but it may have been the first to sort of perfect it this game was so popular. This game, this game was Mortal Kombat before Mortal Kombat. Like it, it came out um, alongside the Super Nintendo. Like it was one of the first launch games with Super Nintendo. So if you had a Super Nintendo the first year or so, it's not like today where like PlayStation Four gets released and bam, there's like 50 titles and there's like reverse playable PS3 games and all that shit. The first year of play of um super nintendo i swear to god there was like maybe like 10 games available to rent for super nintendo and it's like i don't want to fucking play pilot wings it sucks it was like it was like uh, mario street <laughs> fighter 2 mm-hmm. pilot wings and like you know star fox like it was like it there was like no good games when it first came out but street fighter 2 was the game that like dudes our age they had the game they played it a lot they loved it to this day you can like find people and your age bracket to just go randomly pick up and play it. That's how popular it is. It's like riding a bike. You can pick it up and and play it still. It's just a great game. And I don't know. What what do you think, man?
0: Yeah, I mean, super so to kind of answer some of your questions you were answering, I mean talking about uh Super Street Fighter 2 came out in 1991. Um and yeah, I mean, I didn't have like a, I've mentioned multiple times on the show. I didn't have a Super Nintendo until like 1995 96. Um and uh and so I never really, I went over to my friend's house and played this game. I remember one of my friends particularly, he had, he was really, really, really good at this game. And I mentioned, I think in the Mortal Kombat show, I, I would play fighting games with my friends, but like, I'm, I'm like horrible at fighting games. Like I, I'm not, I can't ever pick up on the, the combos. Like, you know, I think we, me and you actually were, we played a little bit the other day and you're like, showing me these moves you can do. And I was just like, man, I, and I don't remember them. And so like, I think, I think the nostalgia for me was just like, you would, I would go over to my friend's house and play. And like, we would just, and I would just get my butt kicked, but it was still fun to get your butt kicked. And then you would also, I, you could also play the games as a like single player and you would just like fly to all the different you would like go on this little, you it would go on the flight and then go to like the new area. And then you would fight your way all the way up to like, um, and bison. And, um, and so even though if you weren't really good at the game, you could still kick the, the computer's ass. Like, and so like, I never was good against like actual people, but I was fine like computer wise. So, and for whatever reason, like as the series went on, like I, I continued to play street fighter games every time they've, like I'd always buy them at the when they launched, and uh, we'll talk about like the later titles later. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I just you know, Ken, Guile, Ryu, like Chun Li, like all those like all those characters, like totally childhood memories of mine.
1: So when so I I actually got it was like the Christmas of 1991. Um, my sister and I, I was seven years old. The big present that we had no idea we were getting was a Super Nintendo. And the games it came with was Super Mario World and Street Fighter 2. So this literally came with my Super Nintendo. And people of our age bracket, like, the day you got the Super Nintendo was a monumental day of your life. Like, everybody had a Nintendo. Nintendo's were cool. But this was super, which meant better. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) This is a Nintendo, only it's super. It's like everybody was getting supers. I remember my neighbor would, like, rent them and we'd be, like, starstruck. I like final fantasy two, but anyway, I've had this game ever, as long as I've owned a super Nintendo and I just, I love it. And I could, I mean, I played it for hours. My sister and I played it for hours. I remember playing out on Christmas morning with her. It's just in, it invokes just tremendous like family memories for me and my sister when, and we didn't have a ton because she moved out when I was 10. So this was like one of the, cause she was older than me, but one of the very few games that we actually both liked and there were like no games like that, right? Like girls always want to play like Tetris and Doctor Mario, but but <laughs> Carissa, Carissa, she, she would actually play Street Fighter Two with me. And for some reason, she liked E Honda, and uh, and <laughs> I liked I liked a lot of characters, but my favorite was Chun Li. But we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but I don't know. What do you think the most appealing thing about the game is
0: to you? The most appealing thing, I mean. It was a like at the time it was like a very like attractive I mean it was a very attractive game. Like it was really had a really bright color palette. Um had all like you know, the one thing I would say about it is like what there I think there's people that go back and forth online, like which game is better, is it which fighting game is better? Is it Mortal Kombat or is it um Street Fighter? And the two are so different because uh, Mortal Kombat used they like videotaped like they people and like made it look realistic and in Street Fighter they used sprites. They made it was all you know it was all just cartoony. It was very cartoony, very like Japanimation type of um aesthetic. And and I thought that was very appealing about it. Like I didn't love like Mortal Kombat's like graphics. I didn't I enjoy like these I enjoyed Street Fighter graphics. And even going back to it, like playing it recently, like the The graphics, like, while they don't hold up like till today's standards, but they're still like fun to look at and like still very like it's very defined. Like it's a very defined like how it looks. And I thought that was the most appealing thing about it. It's just like how fun it looked on screen and all the different characters. Like, and yes, there there are some there are very characters. Like they're very like I mean that's a very kind of I would say like blatant like characters of like different you know parts of the world, but. You know so it's like
1: are you saying they're like stereotypes?
0: I would say they're stereotypes, yeah i mean
1: does that like stereotypes. I stereotypes
0: mean, Dolls, how, how do you say his name I always call him Dalslam and i I think I'm, Dals- I'm Dalson. dalson uh and he was like Indian and he could and he like he
1: breathed fire,
0: he breathed fire and he you know he was like uh, I don't know if he's Buddhist, but you know he he was Indian, so you could definitely tell that from. <laughs>
1: No, you know what? You're right. The, the the way the characters looked was actually really cool. And I completely agree with you. I much prefer the way they look to the Mortal Kombat characters. I just thought they were so much more fun. And even the gameplay, I felt, was just a little bit smoother in Street Fighter. Now, the brutality and, and things like that were, were much better in Mortal Kombat and the level design um, and so, so had, had much darker themes in Mortal Kombat. No one would argue otherwise. But Street Fighter, like to your point, very bright, very fun, very bubbly and the, the characters just looked cool, you know what I mean? So I'm I'm with you. That is a really appealing thing about it. Um and you know, it's got a it's got a good theme. It's like, I don't know, there was a I, I like love Jean-Claude Van Damme movies as a kid. And like every every Jean-Claude Van Damme movie is essentially the plot of Street Fighter. <laughs> it's like right. a bunch of it's like a bunch of people from all over the world and they all have very unique fighting styles. And for some reason they decide to enter a competition and they pair off until there's only two standing. And at the end, it's inevitably Jean-Claude Van Damme versus, you know, some M. Bison of the movie. And uh, that's exactly how how the movie ended up working out, which I thought was really funny and ironic at the time. Like, as a kid, I was like, oh, my God, you cast Bloodsport guy as Street Fighter? We'll get to that more later. But uh, so the theme of, you know, different people from different parts of the planet with different fighting styles and who can make their fighting style work best, I think is a good theme for a video game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it covered a lot of bases and was definitely, like, trying to appeal to, like, a mass audience, which I think it definitely did that. Like, Street Fighter uh, definitely is big over the entire, you know, world. Like, I mean, big in Japan, big in the United States. Um, and, I mean, it was developed by Capcom. And it was originally, uh, I don't know if it was originally, but it definitely was, I mean, it, it, it had its place in the, you know, at the arcade. Like, if you'd go to the arcade and you would, like... I mean, we... I think we were just getting at the end of the arcade phase. But, like, you'd go to, like, the arcades here in Spokane and, like, there would be a Street Fighter cabinet. And, you know, it was definitely always... A lot of people were at it, like, trying to get on. So...
1: Do, do you... Better than arcade... We'll get to arcade in a minute. Um, do you remember like uh inside video game stores they used to have like this like super nintendo that was sort of like inside of some sort of block case but the controllers would come out in these little rubber things so that you could play you could like sample the game Mm -hmm. do you remember doing that
0: you could actually no you could actually take a game off the shelf and sample it
1: no 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 they would always have one one in there that you could just play oh okay
0: yes yeah i do do i remember that yeah like
1: Okay, well, in SeaTac Mall in Federal Way, when I was, like, seven or eight years old, I didn't even have the game yet, so I must have been seven, I, like, went into one of those places, and there was all these teenagers, like, lined up, like, you couldn't believe how many were lined up, like, at least, like, eight teenagers lined up to play Street Fighter Two, and the one dude who was beating everybody was playing as, um, Blanca. <laughs> And, every, and the guys in front, and I got in line, and the, and this dude beat everybody. And the other dudes in my line, they were all picking Ken and Ryu for some reason. I don't, I, I seem to remember all of them picking Ken and Ryu. And then, and this this dude beat every single one of them, and it, like, wasn't close. And then I got up there, and I played with Chun-Li, and I beat that motherfucker. Like, I, and the teenagers, I like, couldn't believe they were, like, seven years old. I beat that fucking guy. With Chun-Li, I was flying around doing all these crazy kicks. I don't know how I did it. I couldn't have played, but a couple of times at a friend's house or something. I don't even know how good the guy was that was winning all the games. All I know is he was better than all those jagoffs in front of me. But anyway, (laughs) I get up there and I remember thinking, wow, I'm actually good at this game. And I, I did end up being good at that game, but that's such like a, it's like a fun memory of being inside old video game stores and playing like the display game, um, with complete strangers. It's similar to an arcade. If you don't put in a quarter, you know, it's the same, same thing. Yeah. Um, so that's like a really great early memory of me like thinking, wow, maybe I'm some sort of video game savant. And actually, I may have been right.
0: That that sounds like the plot to the wizard, actually. Did you just <laughs> <laughs>
1: No my God, you're right. That's so the wizard. <laughs> go back and go back and listen to our wizard podcast, folks, if you haven't already.
0: Um Yeah, I mean, so you were talking about favorite characters so favorite characters, I think you just hit on yours.
1: Yeah, so Chun-Li is my favorite character. And I just picked her at random. But, you know, she she could do all these crazy cool kicks. And she could do this thing where she could, like, jump off the wall. Like, nobody else could do that except her and Vega. Where you could literally, like, you could jump backward and then jump off the wall forward. It was, like, this extra athletic move that only her and Vega could do. And um, she had, like, these downward kicks that worked when, like, Blanca was being electric or when, like uh E Honda was doing this. she like she had moves that worked in spite of the moves other people were doing and she was just very quick and elusive and hard to hit so that's what I liked about her
0: I see yeah um yeah I, I mean looking thinking back I mean I really like Blanca I I think I like, character, I think I like characters that you could do some of their special moves pretty easily by just like pr- pressing like a, like one combination of buttons and I remember you could like do Blanca's like electric Shock thing really easily um, similar to like E-Honda's, um like um, million is it million something slaps or whatever it's called like um, I forgot what it's is like
1: is is bunch is like multiple arm punching and Chun Li's multiple leg kicking right um, whatever I don't know what it was I don't know what they it was have
0: that. names all the all the all the specials have names uh, but uh but yeah I like the the characters that you could easily flame like they're Abilities like with these, like Dalsum, like with his long arms. Like, I could just like you keep saying, you keep saying, I, keep saying it I, mean, I know, I dollsim doll, Dol- doll, doll, D
1: O, so in your head, spell it D O L S I M dollsim
0: dollsim dollsim. I like dollsim <laughs> because you could, right. you could like reach people from far away without like them getting close to you. And if you were, and if I was playing like my brothers, probably I could easily beat them with him, or like if you're like playing a computer, like. You could really, like...
1: I fucking hated Dalsum
0: for that reason. Da- Kids that played with Dalsum at the arcade
1: were such fucking dicks. Like, you couldn't even get close to them. They're just, like, standing on the other side of the room, practically doing, like, um, like aerial attacks at you that you can't even touch. It was so annoying. That fucking kick, that front kick, that would, like, go across the whole damn screen at, like, diagonally. It was awful. That I mean, other stuff you could, like, jump over, but that damn front kick, oh, my God, who gave him that?
0: Yeah, they. I've read articles that saying, like, Dalsam, like, is very, like, he, like, the character itself, like, is, like, a very, like, poorly designed character. I think they've since, like, in the new iterations of it, like, have made him a little, haven't made him as strong of, of a character. Um,
1: I couldn't even tell you any of his moves other than that, like, fire breathing. He has I a, he
0: he, I think he, doesn't he teleport, doesn't he have a teleport? One, uh I think, could, like, I a think few-
1: we we're thinking of. Sh- I think we we're thinking of Shiva from Mortal Kombat.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, but you mentioned you, you have some favorite levels. Uh, I, yeah. Go ahead. So, so I love the I love the um. My favorite
1: level is Vega's level because it's got the it's got it's the only level that you can actually use to do shit on. So if you're playing as Vega, which you could in the arcade and some of the later iterations, you could actually climb that cage and do moves off of the cage, which I just thought was so cool. And I don't know, it's got that good, like, sort of, like, fast Latin music. And he's in, like, Spain, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So Vega's level was cool. And then my second favorite level was um, Zenif's level in the USSR, because it just looked like like a postcard for communism gone bad
0: it was like
1: it was all these like drunken russian dudes you know taking a break from their factory job looking over these shitty chain link fence like drinking and like clapping and waving money at these two other giant dudes beating the shit out of each other it's essentially like hobo fights for communists is what was going on i always thought that was really funny
0: that is funny um yeah fair level like I, i'm I really liked uh, Blanca's stage for something, mean, but like yeah, they didn't really. They the levels, like you said, like they weren't interactive, right? Like there wasn't anything really interactive about the levels. No, I will say that this isn't a level so much, but a a mini game. Like when you played the single player um, version, you would play. You would like, especially in Turbo, I think. I don't know if this was in all the iterations, but um, you would like play two characters, and there'd be like a A mini game and it was like you would beat up like you would see how much you could beat up a car and uh yeah and i really like i really enjoyed i really enjoyed like those stages uh do you remember were there other mini games in the game do you remember
1: yeah there was a i remember the car there was there was one other one oh it was like bricks yeah it was like a wall of bricks and then there was in one of the later games there was like one with barrels they would like throw barrels at you and you had to hit them I mean, I I usually played as Chun Li, so those were so easy because I could do the infinite kick move. Right. But if if you weren't playing with Chun Li or E Honda, those were actually kind of challenging to finish.
0: Sometimes. Right. Um, other like random characters that like we haven't really mentioned, like uh, like T like Hawk. Did you ever play as, like T Hawk was like like he was yeah he was in the Turbo Edition of of uh, Street Fighter Two. Um,
1: yeah, I remember, I remember T-Hawk and Cammy and there was like two others. One was named like F-Ling or something. He, he had some like Asian name um, and there was somebody else, but I, I didn't play those versions as much to be honest. I mean, I, I had them, I had this, I had this really awesome thing that literally no one in the world remembers except me. And if you remember this and you're listening right now, you so have to email us at super brothers at gmail.com. It was called the Sega channel. And it was like some sort of pioneer new thing through like Comcast or something. This was back in like 1995. And it was so cool, Britton. You've never heard of this before, I promise you. Like, so who, your cable provider, like, I can't remember if it was Comcast or somebody else. There was like a, a, a cable coming out of the wall and it plugged directly into like this dummy Sega cartridge. And you would plug that dummy Sega cartridge into your Sega. And when you turned on your Sega, you were somehow on some sort of a game internet of Sega games that you could scroll through and play. It was the most amazing thing ever at the time, like 1995. Like, my friends are coming over thinking, what is this? And I was the only one I've ever known who ever had it. My mom and my stepdad got it for me because they knew I'd love it, and they were so right. And anyway, I I played the version you're talking about with Cammy and all that on Sega Channel. But what was really cool about Sega Channel is that every month, the games would change. Like there's all kinds of gaming subscriptions like this now, but we're talking back in like 1995. Like this was like out of this world cool at the time. So I had it for like a month or two on Sega Channel, but that was it. Mm,
0: that's interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm actually like reading about Sega Channel right now. I've never I never heard about this ever in my life. And uh...
1: yeah, I, whenever people look at me like I have six eyes, they're like, "What are you talking about? Sega Channel doesn't exist." Or I would have had it. Right. I don't know why. I don't know why it wasn't publicized very well. I don't know why it didn't stick around very long. But for, for like a year and a half of my life from like fifth and sixth grade, I had it and it was like my favorite thing.
0: Mm. Um,
1: I found so many cool games playing on Sega Channel that I never would have found otherwise. In particular, there's one awesome game called Beyond Oasis for Sega, which people out there, you can, if you haven't played Beyond Oasis, you, you need to try it. Like it's so cool. – it's hard to find. I've, I've heard of it. It's hard to find. Huh. Yeah, it's really cool. – it's such a cool game. It's so fun. It's sort of like Zelda. Um, but on a much smaller scale okay like you can you can beat, you can beat it in like 10 game hours typically
0: hmm, interesting cool um uh, yeah I, I'm I want to read more about that it sounds like something like that's like from the vault like from the <laughs> um, but yeah um so where are we going to?
1: so we we're talking about characters. you're talking about T-Hawk. We we're talking
0: about character T-Hawk. there there is like they introduce um all these other new characters. Uh, DJ was like a Jamaican. Um,
1: oh yeah. DJ. He sucked. Um, he was awful.
0: I don't, I don't remember any of his movesets. Um, but yeah, I mean, is it? So the next question is like, is it replayable? Um, <laughs> I would say, well, I mean, I think yes, it's replayable. Um, is it, I mean, it, this game still like they, they're on like, it's, it's on its, fifth iteration right now like um, for like the the next generation of consoles and um, and it's still the game itself hasn't hasn't changed that much like I mean it's you know obviously it's a little bit more complicated like in when you're fighting but it hasn't like the this the, the core of the game from like Street Fighter 2 to like Street Fighter 5 is still the same so
1: I mean, if you could, if you could try and imagine how many quarters have been put into some sort of Street Fighter arcade game over the year, over the years, it's probably like unfathomable. Like they, I still see them in all kinds of crazy arcade games today. I was in like, you know, X Men and Marvel versus Street Fighter. Like they're in all these like weird hybrid fighting games mm-hmm. now. And I like played, I like played one one time, and I was Chun Li, and like my opponent was like Colossus, and he took up like the whole damn screen, or maybe it was. <laughs> Maybe it was apocalypse and he took up like the whole sc- like like Chun-Li was like a third the size of this x men I was fighting. I remember thinking it was bullshit and of course I lost. <laughs>
0: um yeah, Street Fighter versus uh Marvel is like that is like one of the spin-offs that's like really 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 big like th- that uh um I remember playing those those games when I was younger too. I don't remember I think it was Sega. I think Sega's the only one that had like the Marvel fighting game on it. But like that game, like those games were so much fun. Cause like it was a Marvel character and you were just fighting other Marvel characters, but it was like basically street fighter with like added, like the added element of like having really cool special abilities. Um,
1: so I would say that the one player version is probably a little more replayable than two player, to be honest. It's I think what you said earlier is true that it's fun to just get on there and kind of kick the computer's ass And go through the levels and relive some of the music and some of the characters and some of the scenes, some of the challenges. Like, let's be real. Like, beating Vega and M. Bison and and Saget, for that matter, were really hard. Like, Balrog was a chump. He fucking sucked. That that boxer Mm -hmm. dude, he sucked. Like, anybody could beat Balrog. But then, like, Vega was really hard. And if you could beat Vega, then you got to Saget, who was, like, even harder. And then M. Bison was seriously, like, impossible once you got beyond, like, level four. Like, he was, like, seriously impossible to beat.
0: Yeah, um those level like I there was a lot of like
1: it, I meant difficulty 4, sorry, not like, level 4. Cuz it had difficulty like 0 03. Right.
0: Center. Um like I remember like doing those and like skidding like and rage quitting cuz I was yeah. just like I couldn't get past like Yeah. like in Bison. Um I don't remember maybe you yeah. can and you can answer this is it was were there players that were gated like early in the game, like, did you have to play through the game to unlock certain people? Like, I don't remember. I don't no. like everyone re-
1: in the original, in the, in the original street fighter Two. the world warrior, you could not play as Balrog Vegas. Oh, you couldn't could, play them. They released them. in No, they released them in later versions where they were playable.
0: I see. So did you buy the, did you go and buy the other versions? Did you, or did you ever, did you ever?
1: No, I never, I never, I mean, I owned the original Street Fighter 2, and I, I mean, I liked it, but it It always felt like I'd rather have some new game that I don't know anything about versus getting Street Fighter 2 Turbo right. or something like that. I don't know. I, I never felt like I needed to get the upgraded version of it. So I never owned a version where you could play as Balrog or Vegas, so I never really got good with any of them. And to this day, if I play, I'll only play with like the original eight because that's who I'm comfortable with. Um, except, like I mentioned, I... I had that Sega Channel for a few months, so I, I played a little bit with Cammy and T-Hawk in them, but I never really thought right. it was that great. Um,
0: well, let's, uh, let's move on to what a lot of people are probably dying for us to start talking about. Um, <laughs> let's, let's... Yeah.
1: M. <laughs> Bison, literally. Or uh, what's his name? Ra- Raul Julia, yeah. literally.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's awful. Because that <laughs> <a, 'cause laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> this was Raul Julia's like, last film. Um.
1: Hey, seriously though, rest in peace, Raul Julia Gomez Adams.
0: I yeah, like he was these. he was a good actor. Um. So, Street Fighter the movie. Um, <laughs> oh. Uh, written and directed by uh, Stephen E. souza who is uh, who's more famous for uh, you know, writing Die Hard, Forty Eight Hours, Commando, um, and, and so. He-
1: oh my God, that was. I didn't know he did Street Fighter. <laughs> oh my god! I feel so bad. I had always thought it was just some random no-name guy. That's I actually like that. guy. Um,
0: yeah, I got. I mean, a little backstory about about it about it is that. So apparently, I, I don't know what studio it is, um, but they they wanted they needed a Street Fighter movie. It had they had to like pitch Capcom this Street Fighter movie, and so and so Stephen. So they ha- they brought on Steven E. D'Souza to do it, and he said, "I will only write this movie if I can direct it." So this is like first chance at directing a film, but he only had a day to like write a treatment to create the film, and and so like what? the studio and like the one like the studio's big thing was like they h- had to fit in like all the characters like and not just like the characters from the road like uh, the 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 fir- from right. two they had to fit in. All, like they had to fit in all the the turbo characters, like Cammy, DJ, um, all these you know these secondary characters, and and so he came up with this you know kind of this B movie story about uh, about Colonel Guile and how he and how he has to go save all of these like political refugees, like uh, humanitarians from. It. M. Bison, who is like, who is like, keep holding him hostage, and he's requesting a reward, like not a reward, like a, a ransom of like twenty billion dollars, <laughs> and so like that's basically that's what that's the plot of the movie is, and and then all these like secondary characters like Ken, Ryu, Chun Li, like are kind of like they all have their own little storylines going on, and uh, anyways. But yeah, that's, you know, that's a basic plot. You got you probably have more to add to that.
1: Well, uh, a few things. I got to tell you this great story of when I first saw Street Fighter, the movie. So I was like, I'm not sure when it came out, like 94, I would guess. 94, yep. Um, so my mom and stepdad, and I, and you know, my stepdad really well, but I, I was not a fan of my stepdad when I was a kid because I was a little shithead, but seriously. Like I, I just wasn't ready to have a stepdad. Okay. Like my mom had been divorced, like all of like a year and a half, like things moved a little fast for when you're like eight years old and your family is like breaking apart. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like it's, it's nothing my stepdad did. I just wasn't ready for it. Anyway, they decide, they tell me they're going to take me out to do something really nice for me. And like, you know, we weren't, we didn't have a lot of money or anything. This was like a big deal to me when I'm like 10 or whatever. So they take me to like they take me to go see Street Fighter Two, which I thought was like you know really nice because I could tell like they they like didn't want to watch it you know what I, mean? I knew it was like not really a move for them but they took me to see Street Fighter Two and I enjoyed it I mean I don't think it's great or anything but I enjoyed it and then they took me to my favorite like teriyaki restaurant it was called Tokyo Teriyaki in Federal Way and my mom used to take me there because she knew I loved it and when I was done and they were telling and they had got me they had. Softened me up and got me in a good old mood and told me they were getting married. and I proceeded to cry. They and I proceeded to cry like a little bitch.
0: <laughs> I was so
1: upset. I was like, and if you'd mean, like my 10 year old mind, I was like, what do you mean? This, this whole thing, it's like taking a prostitute out to dinner before you take her home. Like, you, you guys were just prepping me for this. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't want to do any of this. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> I got so upset, and I was not ready to have a oh stepdad anyway. So that's how. I, so the Street Fighter will forever be remembered to me as the night I found out I was getting that's, a stepdad. Like, it's yeah, real. really funny. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and I cried in Tokyo Teriyaki when they told me. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh.
1: But enough of that. Uh, I would say the movie itself, fucking train wreck, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> this movie, <laughs> this movie is God awful. Like it's, it's, it's Charles Barkley terrible. Like it is so bad. Like even as a 10 year old, I knew it sucked. Like let's just talk about it a little bit. Like the plot you just said, what you just said makes so sense so that you had to come up with a treatment in a day. And I've talked about this a little bit that I try and be a screenwriter. It takes me like a year and a half. To make, like, a good screenplay. Seriously. Like, because you're always thinking of new things and new ways to solve your little problems and ways to make your character better and ways to connect things that make better sense and don't feel so contrived. You ask literally anybody to make an action treatment in a day. And a treatment is, like, essentially the skeleton body of a script, for those that don't know. So it's, like, the outline, essentially. you have to actually stick by that and make that, oh, my God, I, I, would, I would tell you, and this is not an exaggeration, I would tell you most screenplays end up being... Maybe thirty-three percent of what their original treatment looks like. Seriously, that's how much your story just naturally changes as you get deeper into it because you realize you have to create all these connections that you hadn't thought of before. So you have to create reasons to do that. So I, I'm I feel bad for D'Souza that he had such a small time frame that this was his rollout movie to direct. But I mean, it was still I it still accomplished a few things, right? Like it still like fed the Street Fighter fans. Right. And it did involve like a lot. Of, it did involve like a lot of the characters and and you know ideas and themes from the game. And parts of it were really kind of fun, but most of it totally sucked. <laughs> like, like let's just talk about this. For, first of all, first of all, Guile is like an American like military leader. He's played by Jean Claude Van Damme, who has a French accent. Okay, so that's first <laughs> of all, <laughs> like. Jean-Claude Van Damme cannot do an American accent. He just can't. They don't even ask him to. He's so bad. He just gives a French accent. Okay, number two. Why the hell is Ken's hair not blonde? Like, like literally, like, the the lengths they took for other characters in this show to make it similar to the game knew no bounds. Like, they literally, like, E-Honda looks look just like E-Honda. Like, they went out and found this dude that looks a lot like Saget. Like, literally.
0: Oh, he does not... He did, E-Honda's not like E-Honda. E-Honda. in the movie, is played by a Hawaiian guy. What are you talking about? like a he, big,
1: fat dude with a bun in his hair.
0: Yeah, but e was Japanese. He was a Japanese sumo he wrestler. Was, he, the,
1: <laughs> oh, I he, get it. it and, I, get, I get what you're saying, <laughs> that he was a Hawaiian actor. All right, fair enough. Okay, so E-Honda, not the best example.
0: <laughs> no, but E-Honda was like an American... He was a he was American, too, in the movie. Like, he was an American... He was, like, from Hawaii. He was, like... who just, like who did some, like, amateur, like, uh, like, amateur sumo wrestling. Um, anyways. All right, fine.
1: <laughs> but most of them looked like they were supposed to. And it would have been so easy to right in blonde hair. And for some reason, just doesn't. I never, to this day, I don't understood that. Saget, like, he, yeah. Saget looked good, but he was seriously, like, 5'7". Like, Saget is, like, 6'10 in the game. Like, 6'10, seriously. He's the biggest <laughs> dude in the damn game. Um, what else? What else was my, my, my um, here?
0: like Blanca oh, um, was oh, a really interesting Blanca. character. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. uh, Blanca was a uh, he was like a scientist, and basically, like basically, uh, and Bison like was going to create this like like super soldiers, and basically, like Blanca was like the outcome of like a bad science experiment. <laughs> And there's, like, this really pivotal scene, like, I, I forgot who, like, the character, who the main character Jean-Claude is. Jean-Claude Van Damme is, is Guile. It, like, oh, is it, John, is it, is it Guile? Yeah. Okay. And he's, like, and, like, Blanca's, like, holding him up and, like, kind of, like, choking him to, like, kind of choke him to death. And then, like, Guile is, like, talking to him and, like, saying all these things to him about, like, how M. Bison's a terrible person, blah, 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 blah. And, uh And then, like, and then this the actor, who's a no-name actor, kind of, like, like, In this, like, he's now Blanca. He's like this green, orange haired looking monster. Kind of like has a, he like thinks about it and he like is a little introspective and then he like lets Guile go. And it was his
1: little little monster brain starts clicking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But like, but even Blanca, he looks awful. Like, he looks, he doesn't look anything like, like in the video game, Blanca is like a big, like steroided, like monster from like, I guess like, in he's kind of like Brazil. uh, Brazil, Brazil, yeah. But he's humongous, and in the movie, he's like this little, like you said, like he's a little, like five foot four, like actor who like has has a little bit of muscle, and like it, yeah. it was, it's awful.
1: Yeah, and th- there were other characters that were like in it, but they didn't do anything. Like, like uh, there was like a scientist named Dalsum who was oh, yeah. a- he was affiliated with that experiment somehow, but I sort of got he didn't do anything. He just like stood around, and there there was like I don't I don't know. T-Hawk T- was like one of Guile, one of Guile's soldiers, but he didn't really have a place. He was just kind of there. Yeah. That other Asian guy, and I can't remember his name. If it was like F Lee or Fang Lee or something like that, the fourth guy that came along in that that Cammy version. Oh. He was in it. Did you know that Kylie Minogue played Cammy?
0: Yeah, I did. I'm looking at the oh. I'm looking at the IMDb page right now. Um,
1: oh, I like. I like had that moment of clarity like three or four years ago. About fell off my chair. I was like, no, because she wasn't even really famous at the time.
0: No, yeah, she. I think she was still like. Well, like Kylie Minogue was like famous from like singing like in the eighties, and so like that's why Kylie Minogue's famous. And then she like got into acting. Uh, but um, I
1: I see I see.
0: But yeah, like I mean.
1: It, it,
0: the cast was, was very... The, I mean, the cast was built on Jean-Claude Van Damme being Guile and Raul Julia being Bison. Like
1: the way, Raul, Raul Julia as Bison is probably the best one of all. Like, the best, like, actor yeah. for a for
0: character. Right. Um, and that's what Raul Julia was. He was an amazing character actor. Um, well, and
1: he looks like in
0: Bison. Yeah. And, he, and he looks like in Bison, yeah. Um, and then, but yeah... The the one interesting... The one thing I always thought about this and something that has been brought up is, like, Ken and Ryu are, like, the main characters in the game. Like, Guile wasn't introduced until... It wasn't introduced until Street Fighter 2, right? Um, Like, they were in the original, like, Street Fighter game. Um, and, And so, like, they should have based the movie off of these two guys. And then, like... But... I don't. Yeah, I just. I never understand I mean, like they why they were in it a
1: lot. I don't know. But...
0: Well, they were in it. Like, I mean, it was but it was jean Claude Van Damme as Colonel Guile.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, Jean Claude Van Damme and M Bison and Chun Li were probably in it more. But then, like Ken and Ryu were like the next most in it. I would say.
0: Right. Yeah. And they but they were like more like they were the like the the comedy the comedy in it. Like they were like that's the, they were kind of doing. I don't know. It was, they were just,
1: Oh, I just looked up, but yeah, I just looked up the actor that played um, in uh, E Honda, Peter Tuiasasopo. You might know that name if you're a U-Dub fan like I am. He was also in Necessary Roughness as that giant center. I love Necessary Roughness. We could do a show on that if you've seen it with Scott Bakula. It's this great old football movie.
0: Hmm. Um, Yeah, I I remember, yeah, I definitely remember seeing that movie, um, but I don't, well anyway, Remember. well anyways. <laughs>
1: not so the the casting I mean it's difficult, right? Let me tell you, like if most movies they've got like three to five main characters, like most movies, and then like maybe like three to five side characters who don't really have clear goals, they're just kind of there or whatever. so like you we're talking about shit, what is that? That's sixteen characters if you include the cami the cami four, as I'll call them. Right. And like, I mean, it'd be really hard for anybody to work those into a script effectively in a movie that probably shouldn't be any longer than an hour and forty minutes. And it wasn't; it was it was an hour and forty two
0: minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was a cash grab. I mean, the movie cost thirty three million dollars to make, and it made ninety nine million dollars. It accomplished its goal. So,
1: yeah, and um, uh, it got me; it got my parents married. So there.
0: You go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I won't really spend any more time on the movie except for it was.
1: It, oh, I no, no, I've got one good thing. So my favorite line, the, my favorite line in this movie, it's just a line I still work into my own life today. There's this scene where like Chun Li has this backstory where like M Bison killed her village and her father when she was like a young girl, and she spent her whole life training to like assassinate him, and she finally like gets him alone in a room. And she's about to kill him and she, she tells him all this. And she goes, and on this day, you came to my village and you killed this man and you rode over our horses with your tanks and you destroyed our village and you burned and put salt in the earth. And then Bison's kind of like shaking his head and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. And she's like, you don't remember? <laughs> and he's like, for you, the day that I rolled over your entire family and village and property was the biggest day of your life for me. It was Tuesday.
0: (laughs) I remember that line. That was the
1: best line of the book. I'll I'll, like say that to tenants sometimes. They'll like talk about some catastrophic event that happened. And I'll be like, for me, it was Tuesday. (laughs) Do you really? Oh my God. Yes. I so stole that line. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. D'Souza. (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: awful so uh so
1: yeah uh that's my favorite line and that's 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 a good note to end on the movie
0: there's just what there is another line in the movie where they they plugged it into like the commercials or the trailers and it's like m bison m bison he's like it's like at the pinnacle scene and he's like and he says game over and like it's just like it's such a it's such a shameless like plug for the video game uh but um
1: Oh, you know, there was one There was of the good movies, Zang Yif was kind of like this big, dumb idiot in the movie, which kind of fit how he looked. Although, I always thought Zang Yif seemed like he could be kind of a badass in the game, so their choice to make him a big, dumb idiot. But anyway, there's this one part where he's like, um, DJ is telling him how they need to leave the compound because, you know, the coalition is taking over. And Zang Yif's like, Bison's a bad guy? And he goes, you got paid? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he'd, been, he'd been working for bison for free anyway that's funny um anyway not as good as the other bison. <laughs> um so do you have anything to say about anything else street fighter like i mean they came out with you know a you know a litany of other games over the years
1: you, you, you know what i was gonna ask you do you know anybody who ever got into the original Street Fighter on NES?
0: You know, I was going to ask you, like, did you ever play Street Fighter on the NES? And I was...
1: I, pl- I played it on my mod briefly years later. I was not impressed.
0: I mean, the game itself doesn't... I mean, it's a different type of game. It's more of, like, a Final Fight type of game, isn't it? Um,
1: uh, You know what? I don't think so. I, I seem to remember it being mostly, like... um one-on-one but it was more of like a platformer as i recall it mm-hmm. wasn't like a straight side to side there were like platforms you could jump on to fight in kind of like the game joust oh the game where you're like riding, you're yeah. riding something but there was like platforms in the middle you could jump it was kind of like that if i recall right but like you're talking to like two guys who grew up in the heart of like nintendo like when we grew up nintendo was king and literally every kid i knew I remember like some of the fun of like making new friends or like going to a new friend's house was to see what video games they had and like sample them, you know what I mean? Cuz right. it was different than the games you had. I never knew a single person ever that had Street Fighter, ever, not one.
0: Maybe it was a maybe it was a more Japanese game, maybe it just never really exist. or maybe it was popular
1: on or maybe it was popular in the East Coast. I don't know, <laughs> but in Washington state, not popular, not at
0: all. Yeah, I, I would I don't really know, you know, much about it. Yeah, I think it was uh there yeah i don't know like street fighter 2 also came out on uh on the super i mean not super nintendo it also came out on the the nintendo didn't it um mm, i feel like there was I, I feel like
1: so. i think street I feel F- like there was like i think street fighter was for nintendo street fighter 2 was for super i think
0: um i feel like there was like a version that came out for the nintendo and it was like very oh maybe not nope came out for the came out for the Game Boy. um but no did not come out for the nintendo nah. Um,
1: so to me, that's, that's a really strange thing that like a sequel of a game that wasn't as far as I know, popular at all could be such a smashing success. I mean, good for them, but it's just it's sort of odd when you think about it. That's like true. That.
0: Um, not many, not many games ever really get really get like more critically acclaimed in the like sequel. It's more like the first game's critically acclaimed and then the sequels come because it, the the first game was so good um right yeah and yeah and like in street Fighter 2 there was just there were so many different versions too there was um i think there was like four or five i don't call me on that uh versions but uh yeah because like back then like they didn't have you know you didn't have you couldn't you didn't have updates you didn't have like online so you had to like you had to get a new cartridge which is why you never got why you never got it like i um yeah but yeah, I mean, it definitely, this is definitely one of those games that like, I mean, I'll go back to, you know, time, like from time to time and like think about, oh, this is like, cause it was like, it, I mean, there's, there's a handful of games from the nineties that like really stand out to me. And like street fighter is definitely, it's, you know, definitely of all the, of all the fighting games that came out in the nineties, um, in the early nineties, at least, um, it definitely was my favorite. And, uh, and but yeah, I mean, and going back and playing it today, like it holds up. It's still, it's still like, it's just, it's, it's nostalgia. It's very, very much. It's all nostalgia now. <laughs> so, but, right. um,
1: well, um, I mean, we just played it. I mean, just this last weekend in San Diego, we played, I don't know, four yeah. or five matches. what do you I mean?
0: Think? I playing against you, it was you're so much better at fighting games and you have like, you're like a steel box of memory of like moves and stuff like that. Like I had this, I never really got into the whole, like I said, I never really got into like playing people. I, I, I should, I never went back and played the single player mode. I have it on my super Nintendo classic. I should go do it. Um But uh I, you know, I, it, I imagine, and I imagine it would hold up if I wouldn't played it. Like I I can, you can get into a game and like play it and and it definitely it definitely still has that those good feelings and like isn't too complicated to pick up that's the one thing about Street Fighter that is that it isn't overly complicated of a fighting game like you don't have to have the super moves to like really well to beat the game like but it it just makes the game more enjoyable when you do and back in the day like i I believe like and even now today like you can. Uh, like you now in the Street Fighter games, like you can press pause and you can find all this like the move sets. Like you can find out how to do all the Hadou- like Hadoukens like Hadoukans and oh, right. Sharukans. I think that's... uh, and uh, and I was um, when, I, spinning star, when, when spinning star spinning when we were talking of, talking about the names and they definitely when they're doing the the moves they're just saying the name of the move. Um, and the the Hadouken is definitely what it's. He's definitely saying hadoken, and then the shuriken. What is
1: what what is E Honda saying? Because it sounds like he's even Haktui. He's like hakki. Like he what is
0: what is E Honda? Um, I don't know what he's saying because his because uh, <laughs> this doesn't have his names. The it's the one he does where he's slapping is called the hundred hand slap. The other ones are called like the sumo headbutt, sumo smas- sumo smash, and so they don't have like. So
1: Definitely the head But like Dalsum,
0: like he says, doesn't he say, yoga fire? Does he say that? Like yoga, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yoga, yoga fire,
1: fire yoga, yoga flame. So does, yeah. and
0: Chun-Li does lightning kick? Or?
1: No, she was I mean, I don't really know what she's doing, but I think she was okay. saying spinning star kick. She would go spinning star kick. <laughs> like that. Kick spelled K-E-E-E-E. Yeah. And like Sonic,
0: <laughs> and like, yeah, Gal did like Sonic boom. <laughs> Is it Sonic? Sonic I don't know.
1: boom. So. Sonic, boom. I No, Giles was pretty easy to understand. And Giles... Oh, real quick. Like, moves that they did <laughs> in the movie that actually looked cool. The only... The, like, the only one was... Gile did his, like, bicycle kick at the end in his fight with Bison. Oh! I thinking, like, there is a there the
0: scene where Kit Ryu... Um, the Ryu actor does a uh, and And... Um, it's so bad! Oh, yeah! It's so... It's so bad! Like...
1: He, like... He, like, conjures up, first, you the know, something. First of the all, all them,
0: in the entire movie, too, they they do this really bad framing where all the fight scenes are all framed, like, like where the actors are, like, like, seriously, like, a foot away from each other. And so, like, <laughs> um, it, it was just... It was... All the fight scenes were, like, so poorly staged. But, yeah, there is, like, that scene, there's a scene where, like, E. Honda does, like, the hundred-hand slap. And uh, it's it was like their homages to like the, the moves in the, like from the game in the movie just don't equate, except for the one move where he, where like Guile does uh, um bicycle yeah, kick. The, bice- um, the bicycle so, yeah kick. Ken, Ken does
1: like one of those spinning uppercuts at one point, but it's like a really understated <laughs> yeah. spinning uppercut. Almost like you're doing, almost like you're doing it to like a balloon that you're fighting with alone in your bedroom when you're like 10.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, that. That's anyway. what we're gonna say. Oh, oh, well, last thing,
1: last thing. The Vega scene was kind of cool, where they like go and Vega is like prize fighting mm-hmm. in that cage, and he's got that cool cloth thing, and Vega's all handsome, and he's working for uh segat, Like, th- I thought that was like to me, that was almost like the most true to the character. That's was true. Vega.
0: I could, I guess I could see that. Um,
1: the rest were just like, Oh man, I don't even know where you're coming from with this guy.
0: Yeah. And Bison obviously is the best. So.
1: Well, yeah. well only cause so. you had draw Julia.
0: Right. Um, but yeah, so that's street fighter. So, but you know, I want to, we, we need to thank everyone again for, you know, thanks for listening to our show. Um, yeah.
1: F- follow our us. Our, um, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Please get into our iTunes and give us those five-star review guys. The more five-star review reviews we get, the likely we are to be, to be bumped up and people that have never heard of us search lists so that they can find us, and enjoy the show. And that's really the goal here. So that's how you guys help us
0: for sure. Um, and next week we're going to be doing a TV show. I it's undecided. I think we have a couple of ideas of what we're going to do. Um, But yeah, until then, um, thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, for uh, Brennan Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another bone-crushing episode of Super 90s Bros, hashtag Street Fighter. Really enjoyed talking with you today, Brennan. We hope everyone has an awesome weekend, and we'll release this soon. Keep in touch with us, and uh, yeah, stay sharyukening.
0: Yeah. Hawken! Viper.